broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is brought to you by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Nationwide or worldwide, there will always be a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Boost Mobile, everything you've always wanted in a mobile carrier. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning products gets the funk out of your equipment or office. Visit us at OxyPow.com. UNLV Hockey, ACHA D1 Hockey, World Class City. By M-Drive, take our short quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which M-Drive fits your lifestyle. By Summer Skates, show off your team pride with shower shoes and koozies for the whole squad. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. By Burrito Express. Six East Valley locations for great taste and great value. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the location near you. And by the University of Arizona Wildcats. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans, ACHA hockey fans, WCHL hockey fans. WWCHL hockey fans. This indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy coming to you live tonight from Lake Elmo, Minnesota, where you can probably tell my voice it's a little scratchy, battling a little bug here. Um, <clears throat> but that's the time of year that it is, folks. My co host, as always, Stephen Marsh in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you? Well, I'm doing well. I was sorry to hear that you're battling a little bug, but. Uh... But uh, especially right before Thanksgiving, but um, hopefully you'll be feeling better. But we're we're still doing the show, and so that's a kudo to you to keep this keep this train going because we got a lot of great stuff to talk about on this show tonight. So um, that yeah, that'll yeah. hopefully get your blood flowing and hopefully get you to feel a little bit better as we move along with this show. That is the understatement of the year, my friend. What a great weekend of hockey uh, I was able to witness in Chicago at the Chicago Classic, home of the Blackhawks, Fifth Third Arena. And Stephen, you know how much I love Vegas. You know how much I love City National. But boy, Fifth Third Arena uh, upped it one notch. And uh, that's not to take away anything from Vegas. I'm just telling you that they came out a couple of years later with this rebuilt facility, and they took everything that Vegas had and one upped it, including a very nice uh, coaches slash media room on the end of the ice. They upgraded the sound system to which it is. Impeccable. If you listen to anything that I've sent out on uh, social media, uh, it was really cool because it gave you the Chicago vibe. They played the Chicago type music. They had the goal horn from the Blackhawks. They had um, the the goal song from the Blackhawks, <laughs> which I which I usually don't not a big fan of because it's it's quite uh, it gets into your head and, and it's usually because the Blackhawks have scored. But but UNLV was being the home team I think in all the games. So every time they would score. Uh, maybe every time each team scored, I don't yeah, know. But they, at least for you, they played it for every team. That for scored. every team that scored, yeah. so you got so to you hear it quite a bunch. So you, especially if you were at that uh, Arizona State game, the first game when they lost eleven to one, you probably heard it. A, you could probably sing that song in your head now. 
dun, 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 whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that game, but there were other games that uh, played that much as well. Um, <clears throat> when we talked to, uh, um, you know, 11-2 game as well for Liberty, I think, in, in one of the contests. So there were a couple of teams that were lopsided. There were a couple of games that were very, very close. No, yeah, and I, I think that was – I think we kind of expected that was going to be ca- the case. There was going to be some some mismatches, uh, and we saw some of that. Uh, but there was really – I mean, we had eight teams in this thing, and we, we figured, you know, six of them were, were really top tier and some, you know, not maybe not quite at the, the top of the tier. But uh, it certainly provided some great great matchups and some, some matchups that were maybe one-sided from the other. But um, – I think that's to be expected. You see that in national tournament too, with with ways that matchups happen, and and uh, you always see, you know, especially in the early rounds where where one team is just way better than the other team, and it shows. So you kind of saw some of that similarly with with this little uh, tournament. Well, let me tell you th- two things, Stephen. Um, the the very top uh, of the ACHA are very professional level programs, and now I think we can classify uh, UNLV as one of those. Um, I've been watching them all year from afar. It's the first time I've had a chance to watch them in person. And uh, from the day that they arrived, uh, let me just throw out a couple of things. Uh, this is the difference between teams that are there for, for winning and teams that are there for, for just playing, I think. Um, UNLV arrived early. They flew in the day before. They got a skate in. They got a good night's sleep. And they came to win hockey games. I mean, they were on a mission from the start. Um I watched the coaches in the coaches' room, and to be honest with you, there are only two coaches that I saw in that coaches' room. They well, three coaches. There were the two from UNLV, of course, Nick Raboni and Anthony Vigneri Greener, and Kirk Handy. Um, oh, and let me let me include uh, um, and Nick Fabrini as well from from Illinois. But the rest of the team's coaches didn't take advantage of that opportunity. And I know Coach Raboni was scouring tape on on the computer all the way up tape on the computer, <laughs> scouring video on the computer all the way up until game time, almost every day. And if you want to be a champion, you want to think about moving to the next level, then that's what you need to do. And uh, I was so proud to say that I covered UNLV because they really put on a show. They beat number two, they beat number four, they beat number six. And um, we're going to get into the rankings in a minute. Boo. I hate rankings. Boo. I hate computers. Boo. Anyway, we'll get into that. We can always go back to the coaches poll. We can always have the coaches do it. No, we can't. No, we can't. (laughs) We need to have some semblance of order. Okay. I mean, you got to just, how, how, okay. I'm going to get into this early. You you want to, you want to get into it now or do you want to go back to, let's wait. Let's let's go back to Chicago Classic. So, um, so what I saw from UNLV was a team that was very, very disciplined all weekend took very few penalties, championship game against Liberty. They took one penalty. Um, they were, they didn't do any after the whistle stuff. That was all gone as far as I saw in all of their games. Uh, they got great goaltending. They have tremendous depth. They have uh, guys that can bury teams uh, when they need to. Now you look at their goal differentials. They didn't go out and blow anybody out. But again, they played the second-ranked team in the country, the fourth-ranked team in the country, and the sixth-ranked team in the country. How much more do you want than that? Uh, Day after day after day, it's three games, three nights, and three wins. Well, they they are really settling in uh, because, you know, they hadn't – coming into the season, obviously, hadn't played in the time frame. This is really the first 
time that the the team has been able to really play games together with the squad that they have and and you know some of the early games even though they were winning the one thing that was there were still some some issues in there obviously that they were taking a lot of penalties that was giving other teams power plays and and just after the whistle stuff there was some of that uh, so it's nice to hear that when you say that there wasn't a lot of that and, and from what i could see it didn't you're right it was not much of that there wasn't a lot of uh, penalties for for UNLV and, and i think when and i think you see that with the every level when you obviously are more disciplined you you tend to have more success and and UNLV was having success even with those things but the level of the competition you know they're good teams but they're not the elite of the elite well now they had a chance to play the elite of the elite, and they needed to be their best and they were definitely their best the best that they've been all year and they're hitting their stride right at the, the right time now now granted we still have a lot of season to go and the tournament is still months away so they have to keep it at this but if they can maintain it, they certainly have a real good chance of, of winning the tournament. But it was a great showing for the weekend and, and really a good s- step for them um, for. Now, they've won this before in the Chicago Classic a few years ago, but the, the teams that are in it now are really, really good. And, and to do it to, in this format, because I think before it was less teams and they only played a couple of days, but now they had played three games in three days, which is tough to do at any level. Uh, but it's also good preparation for the national tournament because it's going to be a similar format. So um, all that's just going to help prepare them for for when that time does come in March to to make that run. Yeah, that's hundred uh, percent correct. It was it was laid out that way. I think uh, I don't know if uh, Coach McNary Greener was was just blowing smoke at me or if he actually asked for this, but he said he asked for uh, Nick Fabrini to put him in a bracket with those uh, three teams. So if they did continue to win, they would continue to play the best uh, of the best uh, because that's what he was shooting for. Um, They definitely uh, acquitted themselves very, very well. Um, You know, there are some guys that that surprise me because you come in and you think of guys like Jared Erickson, you think of uh, uh, the, the Johnson twins, um, you think of uh, Hunter Mazzullo, and not to say that those guys didn't play well, but let me tell you one guy that just jumped off, and, and here's how I can tell if it jumps off uh, a game for me. When I go back and look at my pictures, if I see a certain number in a bunch of pictures, that means he was in the action, and that person was Jason Demizio. Uh, he was unbelievable all weekend. He was great in the face-off circle. He scored some big goals. He was uh, a very tenacious four-checker, and, and he's a guy that just doesn't get pushed around on the ice. No, absolutely. And, and I can remember from going back to the last weekend of October when, when I filled in on the UNLV broadcast and did those games with Missouri State, the guy that I was doing the games with who's, who covers the team, he's, he's, he's basically their insider. He was doing the analysis for, for our for the broadcast and we were kind of t- he was bringing up the point about how good that Demizio line that he was on at the time was doing even though they weren't producing goals they were the, they were in the action and they were they were really creating opp- opportunities and so it's it's good now to see that now almost a month later since those games now playing in the Chicago that the continuation of of Demizio's great play and, and hard work and now he's getting rewarded with some goals and, and just being a real factor in in the games and and helping be get UNLV the success that they've had at least over these last few games, but even dating back to the, the Utah games the week before. And so it's uh Demizio is certainly somebody that has really stepped up. And, and like I said, maybe he doesn't have as many goals as other players do, but it doesn't, it's not always about that. It, it certainly, you would love to score, but, 
or or be involved in the assist, but but now he's starting to get rewarded, as you said, as he's he's had he's able to to get some goals and in, in some of the games. So, well, let me, yeah, he's been really awesome. Yeah. Let me tell you who else stood out to me. Uh, I think he stood out to everybody that was watching. Maybe he has all year is Zach, uh, Wixon. Uh, we call him the brick wall now, so it should be actually Brixen, but, uh, he was, he was incredible. He's six foot six, very athletic. I'll tell you, uh, I had a chance to visit with him, but you'll see in the feature coming up, uh, hopefully tomorrow or the day after, um, that, um, when we visited, he's so confident. He's so cool, calm, and collected. Uh, I don't know that I've ever seen an ACHA goaltender that could just lay back, put his arms up on the on the crossbar, wait for the action, and then when the action comes, he just makes a cool, calm save, kicks it out, goes from there. The only time I thought he might be losing his composure, and we found out after the championship game he was sick, but uh, three minutes and 40 seconds to go or something like that in the championship game, he was uh, throwing up in the goal. And uh, he, he was just uh, he was just stellar. He hung in there. He got him the championship win. He won the MVP trophy and the big Canadian from Calgary, Alberta. Wow. Uh, he, he's he's what you need. He's the kind of goaltender that you can ride all the way to a national championship. No doubt. And he, and you pretty much said it, too. But I'll, I'll add that he he has been real impressive. You know, UNLV's had some pretty good goaltending over the uh, the years uh, but I, I there's just something about Wixen that really puts this team on another level than they have been before and, and that you've, goes a lot of what you've said is the, the calmness the 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 coolness that he, he exhibits playing through sickness like that that he was and, and being able to uh, to keep his team not only in the game but you know keeping them ahead and, and, and helping to get the team the the victory that's just uh, that's just wonderful and and they have another good goaltender in Benedetto too and so but Wixon has really has really been the guy as of late who has gone and and been able to be in the net and and to to do that but uh he he is very uh in, impressive and uh UNLV you know they go out and they try to get the best of the best and and they really got a good one with with Wixon yeah, I joked with Nick Raboni on and uh, and Coach Fignery Greener about that. I said, "Who who recruited this kid?" And and Anthony said, "Oh, it was Nick." And then Nick looked at me because he knew I knew the whole story, and he goes, "Well, I guess I did, but it really was more of one of our former players that that brought him in. He told me that I needed to look at him because he was much better than his record uh, in his junior team in in Calgary um, had had displayed for him." And uh, when we got a chance to meet him and found out how good a kid he was and found out just how solid he was, we knew if we put a good group in front of him, he was going to be that much better. And, and he is. I mean, you need a big save. He's the guy to go get it for you. You need a guy to, to, to calm the waters. He can calm the waters. If you need a guy to seal a victory, he can seal a victory for you. So um, congratulations to the Rebels. It was a fantastic weekend in Chicago. Again, uh, big shout-out to uh, Joe Carpio uh, Nick Fabrini, who uh, put the, sh the uh, whole show on um, at Fifth Third Arena, and the Fifth Third Arena itself is uh, its just phenomenal. I mean, they, they've got seating. Um, they've got uh, make the most use of every you know, possible space in there. I think one of the things, uh, Stephen, that they really enjoyed, the coaches and the players, was every team, all eight of them, got their own locker room for the weekend. So when they flew into town, they put their gear in a locker room and they never had to take it out again until the, the tournament was over. And that doesn't happen very many places. So 
uh, kudos to them for all of that. Uh, it was it was uh, just a really fun weekend and really good ACHA uh, D1 hockey. No, I agree. And one of the uh, pictures that UNLV uh, Twitter account tweeted out with, or our social media that they tweeted out with their photo of the game with the championship game, you can see uh, Scott in the background. They're making a photo bomb there. So <laughs> Scott was right in the action in the post game stuff with the celebration yeah. with his with his phone with his camera there and and yeah. getting his stuff. And of course, he was getting captured on 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 those shots. And uh, so kudos for you for making that little uh, photo bomb there. Yeah. <laughs> it was not intended. I can tell you that I had no idea that it was coming. I just happened to be on the ice uh, afterwards. One more shout out to both uh, UNLV and um, Liberty. Uh, you play a championship game like that after three games, it's a two, one game. Uh, Liberty just lost. And uh, you would think there'd be some heartache, some uh, frustration. And I'm sure there was. But Kirk Handy, to his credit, he gathered up every player, every coach, every trainer, got him around the big circle, uh, did one big group prayer. And, and that's the first time, Stephen, that I've seen everybody participate. And I think that's got to do with uh, our, our celebration tonight, if you will, of Thanksgiving, because I think everybody is so thankful uh, to be back and to be able to play games and compete and travel that uh, – I, I think that just epitomized it all for me. And Kirk asked me after uh, after the game, he sent me a text. He goes, hey, can you send me that picture? Because I really want to keep that. It's a keepsake. And, yeah, it is a keepsake because that just doesn't happen. He brought two teams together that competed hard but realized that they were doing it uh, for a greater cause. And uh, this being Men's Health Month and all of that stuff, um, it just was really fun to see a bunch of guys come together, realize that, that one team won, one team lost, but but it was bigger than that. It was uh, it was just a thing that they nearly lost forever, uh, possibly, and uh, now they have it back. No, yeah, that was just awesome. And and when you told me that it wasn't just Liberty, which I'm sure they do it after, but to have the UNLV players involved with that and them agreeing to to be involved with that and to uh, that you know we what one thing I've always loved about this level and I and I don't know maybe they do it at the NCAA level too but I know for sure they do it at the ACHA level is and I and it's been a little bit different this year with the COVID there's been some of this and hasn't been some of this but you know after a after a two-game series usually the teams no matter what the result is how matter how intense it is they'll go across and they'll shake hands and greet each other after a weekend set and I just love that part of it because it's it's kind of you know it's hockey's intense it's competitive you want to win maybe you just got swept or maybe you've just your team got beat uh hard you know maybe there was some rough stuff in there but at the end you go in a, and cross and you and you shake hands and and i'm sure sometimes it's more genuine than others sometimes you just do because you feel like you have to do it sometimes you you do it because it's, it's the respect of the of the other team in the game but uh but i just love that part of it and so to take it another level with the prayer thing with with liberty and of course no secret that liberty the university there, it's it's a religious school, so it they're in, they, in that part of the country in Virginia, so that's something that's a little bit more big out in that area, but still they're able to to do that and and like I said to get UNLV involved with that, um, it's it's wonderful and it's just uh, awesome to see and and so kudos to them for being able to to do that. That's uh that's very uh, it is a bigger it is a higher uh, purpose and and because we didn't have it for a year and now we have it back, I think it's made us all appreciate things a little bit more. Uh, during this time and and uh, so uh, I love seeing those pictures when you sent out of that and, and just seeing the, the two teams uh, to do that and, and 
and just to put a bow on it for you, I'll, I'll tell you that it wasn't like there was some prodding or pulling or pushing to get everybody there. They all gathered instantly. And uh, I've seen a lot of hockey games, as you know, and I've seen this prayer circle a uh, number of times, but I have never seen all the players just – it was like automatic. It's like, yeah, we want to be there. We want to be a part of it. And I thought that was really classy. I thought it was very well done by Kirk Handy to, to get it together. And I thought it was even uh, more impressive by UNLV to jump right in and no hesitation. Nobody skated away. Nobody stood in the corner. Uh, they all got involved. Uh, they were all down on one knee. And uh, it was uh, a sight to see. And I do have that picture up on Twitter. So if you get to the uh, ACHA underscore ITHSW um, Twitter account, you can find that. Okay, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and let's jump into these. Uh, we're going to do the terrible first, and then we're going to do what we're thankful for last. So in the next segment, we're going to talk about this. Uh, gosh, I don't even we can know talk, how to say We can it. talk about how grateful we are for the rankings and how <laughs> accurate they are. We're going to talk about the rankings. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get it out of the way, and then we're going to wrap up the show with some things that we're thankful for. But we're going to take a quick break right now and come back in about three minutes and uh, talk a little more ACHA Division One hockey. We'll be right back. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team. Your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Hey guys, Jared Erickson here, captain of the UNLV Skating Rebels, champions of the Chicago Classic Tournament, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. 
broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, hockey fans. It indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy with you from beautiful Lake Elmo, Minnesota, where it's a chilly, oh, I don't know, 30 degrees, maybe less. Uh, it's a little chilly here, but thankful that there's no snow at the moment. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend, a uh, Thanksgiving Eve special podcast with my co-host Stephen Marsh out in Long Island, uh, Long Island. <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada. I wish I was Even sometimes I, I was. I almost put you on Long Island. <laughs> well, as much as it would be nice to be in Long Island, I, 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 like I like to stay here. <laughs> yeah, stay, stay there <laughs> in Vegas. Vegas. We'll especially keep you right this time, there. Especially this time of year. <laughs> Yeah, we'll keep you right there. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, you can tell my head's in different places here, folks. It's head cold and uh, stuff I've been battling. has been a lot of fun for a couple of days. But let's see, when you've been on the road for eight weeks and you've been in about, I don't know, 30 different uh, states, uh, <laughs> you're uh, you're a little bit weary after a while. Um, anyway, okay, Stephen, where do we start? I said we're going to get the bad out of the way. I call the bad the rankings because uh, – I don't know. I, I don't know. I get it. I was really upset when they came out today because I felt that UNLV would have to be number two. Uh, I didn't think they were going to be number one unless Lindenwood had lost, which they didn't. They're 10 and 0 But I thought that UNLV would have to move up to number two because not only did they beat Minot State, but they also beat Adrian and they also beat Liberty in the same weekend, back to back to back. Um so even if they were there for a week or two weeks or whatever, I thought they deserved the opportunity to move into that number two slot. Uh, I'm going to tell you my personal feelings, Stephen, and you know this because uh, I've told you. Uh, I think uh, that UNLV is uh, is even better than Lindenwood. I've seen Lindenwood play. I know they're. I think they're a little down from from years past, and I don't know if that's because they're uh, attempting to make a jump to uh, NCAA and. They're doing some different things or what, but I think UNLV right now is the best team in ACHA D1 hockey, and I think they got shortchanged a bit, and not to take away anything from Iowa State, Minot State, or Lindenwood, but I just think that they should have been bumped up for their efforts this weekend, even if it was for a week or two weeks or whatever. Um, give them some, some recognition. I think it's frustrating for the guys and the coaching staff and the parents and the supporters, when you watch them do what they did this weekend and uh, they moved up one spot from five to four. Well, that you just said it right there though. They did move up one spot from five to four. So uh, they were rewarded with, with one spot moved up. Now we've seen a lot of shuffling around in, in rankings. You know, the rankings are now are based on, on computer and a lot of math and stuff, which will make Scott's head hurt, especially now with his head cold. So we will leave the math <laughs> out of it, but um, you know, it's, they were close games. You know, the one thing that's, that's was interesting about the Chicago classic is you're playing these really good teams and you're going to do the same in the tournament too. You only play them one time. You know, a lot of times when in the, in the regular part of the schedule, they're playing a team, a two weekend set. And so you, you're playing the same team two times. So that sometimes is, is tough. You know, going to play Liberty a couple more times this season. They're going to go to Virginia. It's, it's in January to play Liberty at their place for a couple of games. So those will be some really good games, especially Liberty. They're going to want to to beat UNLV on their home ice instead of at this neutral tournament site. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, and we've seen teams that sweep a team and they beat them pretty good and, and we think they're going to move up and they stay either right right away or, or they or they beat a team 
and they move down. That's happened before. I mean, it's it's real interesting how the how the rankings uh, work. But a lot of it, like I said, it it has to do with with the math and the, the what some of the, what the other teams do and their averages and stuff. But a lot a lot of that I think plays into it. So, um, you know, yeah, UNLV would love to be put higher. Your, put but, your ACHA paycheck away. I know they paid you to say all this good stuff uh, about them. <laughs> no, but if, if, <laughs> if they if they want to pay me to say something, I'm more than happy to. They know how to get a hold of me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyways, point, but let me I, but, let me but finish but, your point. But UNLV is four, and and that is the highest they've ever been. They were five, it was the highest, which they were last week. But now they're four. They're they're, you know, that's when you're in that top four, you know, you're you're, you can argue, you can argue be number one, number two. I mean, it's still a long ways to march. So I mean, the fact that UNLV is four right now is is wonderful. You're you're and, making my point over and over over again for me. You want to well, hear let it? me stop right. Let me stop right there, and we'll let you jump in. And <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, you're exactly right. There's a long way until March. There's a long way until February when the last rankings or March when the last rankings come out. Um, I get it, but what I'm saying is, if if you're UNLV players, fans, parents, coaches, whatever, and you just go in and you beat two, four, and six in one weekend on a neutral ice surface in Chicago, Illinois. And and none of those teams that you beat that weekend should be ahead of you. None of them. Because even if it's just for the weekend, I know Minot State's 11 and one. I know they went, you know, uh, two and one in the tournament. I get all that. But I'm talking about for this one week because it's kind of demoralizing. You go, you go play in a tournament like that and you say, what do I have to do to, to, to get to a top spot if uh, if I, I just beat two they just gotta keep, six they just gotta and keep you don't winning. get moved up? Well, but they just got to keep, keep winning, one. keep winning, and you're going to keep winning. And when it comes time for the where the game's really going to matter, which every game matters, but in March when we're all in St. Louis, it's that's when it's really going to matter. That's when you can go out there and, and perform. And you know what? A lot of the – ACHA tournament is set up where if you're not really in the top four or five, really, I mean, you don't really have a chance. Well, you know, he's number four right now. Right now, they're primed position. They're going to, if, if they were to stay where they are right now, they wouldn't have, they won't have to play those that first day. You know, they'll come, they'll, their first game won't be till the, the Saturday. And that means they'll basically play, uh, you know, three or four days. So it's, you know, it, I, I, I know, and, and they should, we could argue they could be higher and there's a lot of that, but, they they did move up a spot. They're at number four, and I don't think you. I don't think UNLV's phased by it by all. They 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 know if they just continue to play the game that they're playing, they can beat anybody. They've proven that they can beat uh, a Minot State. They they've beaten Liberty. They've beaten Adrian, the defending champs. They've done that, and yeah, they're not. Maybe they deserve to be higher, but they they moved up a spot, and and I think. It kind of keeps them in a position where they're not number one, which you know Lindenwood is number one, and they're they're not number two either, which is Minot, and when Minot's always they're up there. They're not number three either, and they're which not number is Iowa three. State. Right, but they're. If you're they're doing number... computer rankings, you know that Iowa State almost got beat by Colorado. They won, but they almost got beat by them. Yeah, I mean, but you know, it's, again, it's. <laughs> It's a computer, so I don't know if computers sees all that. They just I know them. the computer they do, doesn't see. They all see that a bunch out. of they see a bunch of numbers. 
Uh, yeah, all I'm saying is it, it's just I think it's just kind of frustrating more for the fans and the parents because I know it because I get text messages and tweet direct messages, Twitter direct messages, I should say, yeah, there's all been the some time of that for, for sure. people that are trying yeah. to figure this whole thing out. But let's go down. Well, we've been trying to the, figure uh, it out for, for years, and we, and we, I know. we still we can't, can't figure it out. So we, we, can't. We, deal, we deal with it. You just you go out and you, you play your game. You go out there and you do what you can do. And you know the rankings will, will be there, and you just go with it. I mean, I you know there's been years where UNLV has deserved a better fate than they have in the tournament in regards to seeding, but you don't. You just you you look at it and say, oh, woe is me. But you go in there and you tr- you say, okay, well we just gotta go and and win, and and uh, you know so, like I said, there's still a, a long ways to to March. Uh, they're gonna have. Two more weekends of games before the semester break after this week off for Thanksgiving, and then, then they'll have a month off for, for the uh, holiday break for Christmas break, and then back in January, and it's going to be a tough schedule for UNLV and for the other teams that are in the top of the spot. Some will have easier schedules than others, and sometimes that's there's the imbalance there is the way the schedule. UNLV purposely goes out and schedules really tough games. They play in the WCHL, which we talked about as a tough enough conference as it is. And they're going to have some tough conference games coming up in the second half of the season. So there's still a long ways to go, but they are in a good position right now. And and from what you saw on, at the Chicago Classic, it doesn't matter if they're four or five. Uh, if they're going to play their game, they're going to beat everybody. They're going to beat the top teams when they get an opportunity to play them in the national tournament. I think the key to it is getting that first buy. I think if they can get a first day buy, that will be a, a major help. So I think that's what they have to be shooting for. Uh, I know that they like having a target on their back. They think that motivates them to have people chasing them. But let's go through the standings because maybe people haven't seen it or heard it. So you take the first five. I'll take the second five. We'll just go down the list. Uh, Just give us the team name and the record, Stephen, if you would. So number one is Lindenwood, the only undefeated team left in the, uh, I believe, in the uh, Division One. Previously, they were number one, so they stay where they are. Uh, number two is Minot State, 11-1-0. and uh, Previously, number two, so they stay where they are. They, they got their first loss uh, when they lost to UNLV at the Chicago Classic last week. Uh, number three is Iowa State, uh, 15-2-1. They were number three, so the top three have stayed put. Number four, as we mentioned, is UNLV at 12-3. and three. Uh, Previously, number five, so they moved up a spot. And then rounding up the top five is Liberty uh, at 12-4. and four previously number four. So UNLV and Liberty basically switched to spots. All right. Then the second WCHL team starts off the next five, number six, Central Oklahoma at 13-4-0. Previously number seven, moved up one spot. Uh, Adrian comes in at number seven at 13-4-0, previously number six. So they flip-flopped with Central. Um, And then our third team from the WCHL, Missouri State, holding down the number eight spot where they were last week as well, 14-4-0. Stony Brook is number nine at 12, three and one. And they also stayed at number nine. And then Maryville, probably the most surprising team in all of ACHA D1 hockey is John Hogan's program at Maryville. 11, four and one, uh, moved up to number 10, previously number 11. And boy, did they have some talent on that roster. Yeah, they do. And, and that's a team too, that's continuing to improve, you know, just, they're fairly new at the Division One level, and they've kind of now have gotten kind of right in the mix there. As as, as you said, John Hogan and them at Maryville have put together a, quite a team, 
and be able to to compete. Now they were one of the few teams that did get to play last year in the shortened um, season with the pandemic, and of course hosted the abbreviated uh, reduced down ACHA tournament. Will kind of be involved in this year's tournament as kind of an overflow for Centene Community Ice Center in there in Missouri. So they'll have some games there because all remember we got to remember that all the divisions will be at the uh, at St. Louis. All Division One, Two, Three. I think there's yeah, three that's insane. That's insane. and then the women's side too. So there'll be a lot of a lot of hockey there. So Maryville will uh, will get some games in their facility. Okay, so give us eleven through uh, what fifteen. Okay, eleven is Indiana Tech, eleven two and zero record so far this season. Uh, previously twelve, so they move up a spot. Uh, Ohio, thirteen seven and zero. Previously thirteenth. Uh, Pittsburgh is number thirteen at twelve three and one with a previous ranking of sixteen. Uh, Arizona, ten five and zero with a previous ranking of fourteen. They didn't. They played uh, one game this past week against uh, Oregon and uh, Division two team and, and beat them. So I don't think that that counted really much for, for rankings wise. But ten five and zero. So they they are staying put at fourteen. And then number fifteen is Jamestown, six five and two. So they moved down five spots. They were ten and now they're fifteen. Okay, 16 through 20. 16 is Illinois, 8, 12, and 1. I saw them. They were depleted, uh, really depleted for the tournament, Stephen, because they had a lot of guys out with illness, non-COVID illnesses, sickness, flu. Uh, probably that's where I picked it up. I'm going to blame it on Nick Fabrini or somebody. Well, and, and Blame were, it on someone. Well, and you were sitting next to <laughs> Wixen, and you said who was throwing up in the game, so he was obviously sick. And then you said yeah, that and I interviewed him the day him. before, so yeah, maybe it was Mr. Wixen. Uh, I'm going to pass it around. Somebody's going to take the, take the hit for me getting sick. <laughs> anyway, uh, number 17 is Niagara. 13, 3, and 1, and previously number 21. Uh, number 18, another WCHL team in Utah, 6, 7, and 3. Uh, previously ranked 18, stays at 18. Uh, 19, Michigan Dearborn, 10, 6, and 2. Previously number 19, they stay put. Uh, number 20, Arizona State, fell five spots after uh, not a very good showing. I'll just be blunt. It was not a very good showing for the Sun Devils. Ooh, hot take uh, there from Scott. And uh, uh, I just didn't see the effort. I didn't see the effort any of the three games. Um, I was disappointed, to be honest with you, because I thought they were going to come out. And even other coaches from other teams came up to me and said, hey, what's going on with Arizona State? Why are, why are, we, we thought they were going to be better than this. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm just saying that it was disappointing. They were outscored like, I don't know, 21 to 5 or something like that in the three games. Um, five, eight, and zero, oh, so they fall from uh, fifteen to twenty, and then I'll have you give us twenty-one through twenty-five. And it's so interesting because they've been so, kind, you know, they've been kind of competitive in the in the WCHL and had some some tough games. UNLV's got a, a series with them coming up in the second week of December here in, in Las Vegas, so it's going to be uh, interesting. And of course, Arizona State will will want to rebound on their next game, and they're going to have a big weekend coming up uh, next weekend with Arizona, so it's uh, doesn't get any easier for them, but. Um, but uh, you know, it goes back to what you were saying earlier about some teams would th- want were there to to play and to really compete. Maybe some teams were just there just to, to be there, and maybe maybe they were. But um, we'll leave it there. Uh, Twenty one is Aquinas, eight four and zero. Uh, Twenty two previously, so they move up a spot. Illinois State at nine nine and zero. Illinois State twenty two previously twenty four. Lawrence Tech at twenty three a ten four and zero record previously twenty, and Midland at twenty four. Eight, nine, and one. Previously twenty third, and in Rhode Island, gets into the top twenty five. Previously not ranked, 
They're now hanging on at number 25 at 9, 7, and 1. That was another team that was in in the Chicago Classic. Yeah, and I did see Rhode Island play. I was pretty impressed with their program. I think they have a little ways to go to get to the upper tiers of ACHA D1, but I, I thought they were pretty solid. I thought they gave a really good effort. So that was a lot of fun. So so that's the rankings. They come out every Wednesday, um, and uh, we keep you up to date um, where they're at. That, If my count, Stephen, is correct, that's still six teams from the WCHL. Is that correct? In the top 25? Or top 20, actually. I believe so. I mean, do a quick count here. One, two, three, uh, four, five, six. Yeah, six. Arizona State hanging six on at 20. Six out of 10. Six out of six 10 out of in 10. the top 20. That's not bad, folks, uh, to what I think will be the best conference of top to bottom when this whole thing is said and done. Okay, a couple more things I want to bring up. Big news the other day uh, was announced that there's going to be four new teams entering the ACHA D1 ranks, which I kind of chuckled at that because people talked about, all oh, the pandemic is going to put a damper on everybody. Programs are going to have to fold, and uh, there wasn't going to be any money for them. And, and all of a sudden, here we go. And I'm going to take the two in the West because uh, that's easy. And I'm going to give you the harder ones, the ones in the East. <laughs> that's like me, right? <laughs> so That I is will, so like you. That is so I, very generous of you. Uh, I will tell you that Oregon, who is playing, and we kind of suspected this, they're playing a kind of a hybrid year, if you will, between ACHA D2 and D1. They played Grand Canyon. You mentioned they played uh, Arizona. They're going to play. Uh, they beat believe, Grand Canyon, too. They beat Grand Canyon, too. Yeah, so. they did. And they're, they're going to play Utah, and they're going to play UNLV. So they're getting their feet wet, and now we know why, because they're moving up next year. We still don't know if they're going to be independent or in a conference or how that's going to work. We'll dig into Chris Perry about that. I, I would well, it say says, it's, it says that they're going to they're gonna, it's going to be independent. It says in the, in the press release oh, okay. that Oregon. So you're, you're on top of it more than I am. <laughs> so Oregon will be independent, and I'll let you mention what the other West school is, but they'll also be independent. The other uh, West school is San Diego State, who's been rumored to make that jump for a while now. And over the last six years, people have said, when's San Diego State jumping? They're, uh, they're in a good spot, a good hockey uh, community, and um, they, they play a hard-nosed brand of D2 hockey. So I think they're ready to jump uh, to the ACHA D1 level. And that answers the question that Steven's got it for us. They will be independent. I know we had Chris Perry on several times and he said, you know, at this moment, the WCHL does not have any interest in adding teams. Uh, they're comfortable with the 10 that they have and the breakdown that they have. So who knows whether that'll change or not. We don't know, but right now they will be independent ACHA D1 teams. Well, and you look at, look at UNLV, look at, uh, look at Grand Canyon, look at, Utah, that they came in as Division One teams. They were independent for several years, and then the WCHL brought them in and brought those three teams in and now has made up their current 10-team makeup. Who knows, down the road here a couple of years or a few years from the maybe one of the teams that are currently in the WCHL will be leaving that because they'll, they'll be an NCAA team. There's been some hubbub about that, and we won't get into that here now, but you know that, that might happen, and so there'll be an opening for a team – in Oregon or San Diego State to jump in and take one of those spots. Um, so we'll just wait and see. Or maybe there will come a time where they decide they're going to do 12 teams and make it six-team six divisions in a way. Um, certainly that that's a possibility down the road. But I think it's uh, – well, these other teams that will, uh, are going right into a conference and maybe they're smaller conference. But, you know, coming in as an independent for be the beginning is not necessarily a bad thing because, uh, you, know, or, you know, it gives you a chance to 
to prove yourself and to and to gives you a little bit more flexibility in who you can play and at the beginning and then you know and then you prove yourself a little bit and then a, and a conference will want to bring in but let's mention the other two schools that you mentioned that are out more out east you're going to have the uh, the college of new jersey uh, that's based in ewing new jersey and then also purdue university northwest uh in hammond indiana um is going to be the other school and so they're so right now they're, they're currently at the division two levels as well as oregon and san diego state as we mentioned purdue university northwest is going to join the great lakes collegiate hockey league and the college of new jersey will join the northeast collegiate hockey league um, and then this is from craig barnett in the press release saying this we're thrilled to accept these four institutions into men's division one to start next season we're really excited to bring in two programs in Purdue University Northwest and the College of New Jersey to solidify our men's Division I footprint in the Northeast and Midwest. While we're also continuing our mission to grow the game of hockey across America, but especially in the West, by admitting two great schools in San Diego State University and the University of Oregon to the ranks of men's Division I. And so now with the addition of these four schools next year, there will be a total of 72 teams playing in the ACHA men's division one in 24 States during the 22, 23 season. Oh goodness. Don't make me go to all 24 States. Will you? <laughs> you've been, to, you've been to so many as it is. Okay. You know, you can add San Diego uh, in there, which I'm sure you're not going to be sad to go no, down there for a no. couple of games or go out to Oregon, which I'm sure you will be not, to not a problem with either one of those. Uh, but, let uh, me tell you though, uh, but I can already, I can already see the, I mean, UNLV, I believe, and this is before when I really start following them, but UNLV used to play San Diego state a lot. Cause they used to both be in a same conference in the division two level. And I, I'm sure it was quite a rivalry. Now in the collegiate sports, the NCAA sports, UNLV, San Diego State have quite a rivalry playing in the same um, conference in basketball, football, some of those other sports, and it's very intense. I can imagine I could see this rivalry really um, continuing and extending on into the hockey realm, and uh, and certainly other schools in this area, certainly uh, I'm sure Arizona, uh, Arizona State, Utah, Grand Canyon, look forward to having them come in because it's, it's another trip that's going to be easier for them to make going down to San Diego. Plus who doesn't want to go to San Diego either for a couple of days. Uh, so that's, that's nice. And then Oregon too, you know, Oregon's up in the Pacific Northwest. It's, you know, it'll be easier for some other teams to get there, but, uh, it's, it's easy to get to. So it's, uh, it'll be, it'll be nice to have another team out West that these West based teams that we follow so closely in the WCHL, but certainly in the, uh, on the, certainly the Western side of it will, can can play um, even though they won't be in the conference yet they'll probably still have matchups with them uh, going forward yeah that, that and that's where i was going to take this is uh, a lot of people are wondering well, what about independence well let me tell you in the top 20 right now top 25 there are three independents and they're pretty good um minot state is independent liberty is independent jamestown is independent and if you've been in uh um the West, you know that uh, teams will travel to Minot. They'll travel to Jamestown. So I'm sure Oregon uh, will get their share, maybe a home and home with each of them. And I'm sure the same for San Diego State. And then we've also talked about um, uh, there's a certain number of WCHL conference games. And then to, to fill out your games, you can play other teams. And instead of beating each other up uh, in games that don't count, maybe you now play San Diego State and Oregon. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, and you, and you don't have to travel as much out, out east. Although you know, maybe you want those competitive matchups, but you, you've got to fill out your schedule. And now you have a couple of non-conference games that you can play 
against a San Diego State or against an Oregon instead of in, in the case of like Arizona, for example, they play Arizona State about six times. But part of that, I think that would stay because I think that helps make the rivalry for the Cactus Cup more intense with having the more more matchups in the season. But but if you look at uh, UNLV, they can instead of playing out east more, they can now they can have a series of San Diego State and uh, and and not have to travel as, as much. Although the UNLV loves to to play those good teams as we've seen. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. And and I'm sure that there's already plans to have San Diego state and Oregon. Well, Oregon's already going to come to Vegas and play this year as a division two team. So yeah, um, yeah. I would imagine the UNLV will go up there and return the favor in their first season's division one. And same with San Diego state who you and okay, so familiar so with from the division. Let's break two some time. news because we're running out of time. Let's break some news. We still got to get to our thankfulness stuff. So um, I want to break a couple of news things that we, we're not really breaking, but uh, I did get the official uh, invitation for the press conference at the university of Arizona on December 3rd. So I will be leaving here Sunday, working my way back down with a couple of days in Denver, uh, a stop and see the El Paso rhinos in El Paso. And then, Next uh, Friday, a week from uh, this Friday, I will be at a 2 p.m. press conference for a huge, massive announcement regarding hockey at the University of Arizona. So looking you're forward finally, to that. You're finally making your way back to Arizona after all these months. Yeah, I spent a couple of weeks. Then it's back on the road again. Got to get back to Colorado by the 17th so I can see uh, Colorado College and Arizona State. But but that's uh, down the road. Um, okay, so... So we know that big announcement's coming at Arizona. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be massive. Everybody's waiting for it. They're on pins and needles for it. We'll be there. And, and that's and that's it. the case. That's the case. A lot of people have been talking about it. There's been a lot of buzz on social media, and and it was teased on a, the podcast that the WCHL commissioner does, Chris Perry does, and they, they've talked about it, and he's been getting reached out since uh, – you know, since Chad Berman teased it on our podcast. So uh, we're, we're getting some notoriety from that. And yeah, people want to know what this announcement is. And uh, I guess in a week, a little over a week from now, we'll, everybody will know what it is. And it is Friday. massive. I, I've been filled okay. week from Friday. Yeah. And it's, it's massive people. It's, it's massive. Okay. So let me tell you one other piece of news that kind of leaked out um, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the, uh, Alaska Anchorage head, head coach told us that he was coming down to, uh, to play Arizona State next year and the resurgence of their program. Well, I found out that uh, he will, in fact, be bringing this team down in uh, November. Um, they will play at Arizona State on a Friday, Saturday in NCAA hockey uh, independent games. And then they're going to bus up to Vegas on Sunday, uh, be in Vegas Sunday, Monday. And I believe it's they're going to play UNLV in an exhibition, NCAA versus ACHA exhibition on Tuesday. Here's where it gets interesting. Liberty is also coming out to Vegas. They're going to come out a little early, and they're going to play uh, Alaska Anchorage, the NCAA program, on Wednesday in Vegas. Um, so when that's complete, Anchorage is flying back home, um, and then Liberty will stay and play a weekend series against UNLV. So mark your calendars down. It's about the same time as the Chicago Classic. I don't know how that's all going to work out, but um, – that's what's on the plans for that. I will tell you, I'm not going to divulge just yet. I told Stephen about it. Uh, I'm not going to say it yet until uh, I, I've got uh, proper word from UNLV, but there's some big news on what UNLV is going to do as well uh, as part of that uh, that little series with Alaska Anchorage. So keep, uh, keep your ears tuned to the podcast, and we'll keep you updated on that as well. Um, 
Boy, now we're gonna have people talking about that. Now you're gonna get people's ears oh, perking here, which is which is what we we want that right. Exciting. We want people to get it's people to listen news. to our show, folks. You're gonna hear some stuff that you might not hear anywhere else, and and we get to tease some things. So uh, yeah, it's, ex folks. it's exciting news. I'm gonna leave it until I get word from UNLV that they want me to divulge it. But I can tell you that part of it because uh, both UNLV, Alaska, and uh, Kirk Candy at Liberty have told me that that is what's uh, going down. And, and I think that's really cool because that's more cross cross play between ACHA and uh, NCAA. And it's two of the top caliber teams that are going to test their wares, if you will, against an NCAA program, albeit a program that's kind of um, coming back from a resurgence. We'll, we'll, or I guess a resurgence. We'll see what it's like. But anytime you get that opportunity, that's big time stuff. So I hope the people in Vegas uh, pack those arenas like I know they will and, and get a chance to watch some really good hockey uh, next November. We'll give you details when we have them and we'll give well, you and how cool would it, on what's coming up as well. And how cool would it be now? I, I don't know if this would be the case, but you know, UNLV plays at City National Arena and it's intimate there, but there's not a lot of seats. Be, how cool would it be if they can work out something that those games will be at a bigger venue, like maybe the Orleans Arena, which holds 6,000, 7,000, or the new Dollar Loan Center, where that's going to be the home for the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, they can play the games out there in, in Henderson, uh, those exhibition games against the NCAA team. So uh, that that ought to be interesting if they can work something out, or even maybe at the, the Lifeguard, which you know maybe has about the same amount of seats as City National does. Maybe it's a little bit bigger, but uh, that would be really cool if they can – work out too and maybe that's being worked on i don't know behind the scenes but uh to play at a bigger venue for those games and, and instead of playing at city national which is so great though and it's an intimate setting it would be kind of cool for that but um to certainly see if, i guess see it's going to be how, how much they anticipate in ticket sales you know is, is there a demand for it um there certainly should be because as you mentioned unlv playing liberty late january at liberty and liberty returning the favor by coming here for this type of thing and uh, gets them, uh, like I said, the opportunity to dip their toes in the NCAA water and see how they can compete with an NCAA team. So uh, that'll be exciting. Okay, so keep tuned for that. Uh, let's take one more quick break. Let's come back and let's uh, give our thoughts on uh, Thanksgiving holiday coming up tomorrow in just a few minutes. Uh, I don't know if my co-host from Sunday and Tuesday, Paul Hornstein, is there. But, Paul, if you're still listening and you want to jump in, by all means, uh, do it. Uh, I was going to invite you formally, but <laughs> but I was uh, kind of up and down today and didn't really know where this podcast is going to go. So, Paul, if you're there, uh, just tap a gray uh, call-in button and let's get your thoughts on that as well. We'll be Can back. Can I jump in on – I know we got to go to a break real quick, but before we go to a break, I do want to give some love to the women's side of things because Arizona State – uh, is in the top 10 of the women's ACHA uh, Division One rankings. And so that is a uh, congrats to, to them. Uh, Liberty number one there, Adrian two, Minot State three. People can go online and see the full rankings, but Arizona State cracked the top 10 for the women's side. And I know they've been working hard to really get their, you know, really make some noise and, and really build that program and, and be really competitive. And they certainly have, have done that. And and so the, getting number 10 in the latest rankings, uh, congrats to them over there at the women's uh, side of the uh, ASU women. Way to go, Stephen. Appreciate you uh, keeping me up to date on stuff. Like I said, my head's a little fuzzy. All right, we'll be right back. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas 
while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995. Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. This is Adam Trunko, captain of the CU Bus, the UNACHA hockey team, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, I'm Hunter Cooley, captain of the Missouri State Ice Hockey Bears, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hi, this is Alex King, the captain of the University of Utah Utes. You're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hey guys, Jared Erickson, captain of the UNLV Skating Rebels, and you're listening to Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios. Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right. If you don't know by now, this indeed is Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Boy, it would be a shame uh, if this wasn't uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly because all those uh, all those guys would be wrong there. Our, our captains, captains uh, giving giving the love to us, Scott Strandy in Lake Elmo, Minnesota tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh in Las Vegas, Nevada. I think I have my Tuesday and Sunday night co-host with me as well, Paul Hornstein. Paul, I know you got your eyes focused on an NCAA game in Tempe right now, but. Um, Great to have you in. I wanted to have you on for for our uh, uh, little Thanksgiving, uh, what we're thankful for as we wrap up uh, the last episode before Thanksgiving. So thanks for uh, taking your eyeballs off of Tempe for a minute. I haven't, and I might get paid extra for this. <laughs> Checks in the mail. Checks in the mail, my friend. <laughs> and Stephen, by the way, good on you. Put him in his place where he belongs. <laughs> the, the only games that matter for UNLV are the ones at the end of the season. The, the rankings don't mean diddly squat. Oh, thank you. <laughs> also, I also had to put him in his place because he started, He wanted to put me in Long Island, which I'm sure there's nothing against Long Island. but I, Not tonight. I'm, <laughs> no, no, no. You're better off where you are. <laughs> and he also caught me with the ASU women, who Lindsay Ellis deserves a lot of credit for, uh, for having her program number 10 in the country. They've done a fantastic job. Yeah, especially when you consider that first year they had what twelve players on the roster, basically. Yeah, it was it was. I felt so sorry for her. She couldn't put together a PK or a penalty kill, or I mean a power play, because she uh, just didn't have the bodies. And now she's got girls just dying to play for. Her. Um, we all believe that there's a higher calling for them um, down the road, and I think we it's going to happen. Um, we'll see. Uh, so anyway, I just want to wrap it up. Of course, it's our executive producer, Terry's birthday today. So uh, Happy birthday, she's, Terry. she's celebrating. She got her rhubarb strawberry pie. 
Uh, I got a taste. Oh, she puts of it. up with you. Yeah, it was pretty good. Was pretty yeah, she deserves two two pies for that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> anyway, and now so, Scott is sick, so she's got to deal yeah. with that too. So yeah, well, I'm putting the blame on her too for that because I think she was sick before I got here. And uh, we're putting it on Nick Graboni because he couldn't come on the show last week because he was sick. <laughs> and then he sat and talked to me. Uh, and then I'm putting it on Zach Wixon and Fabrini and the Illinois team. Everybody's getting the blame except me. Yeah, Stephen, this is this is what happens when you're when you know when you're royalty <laughs> and they roll out the red carpet for you. And you know, it's, it's, you know, as, as the expression goes, it's good to be the king. Okay, so so let me start this off. Let's as, not go that far now. Let's not I'm, go that far now. If if I'm the king, let me start this off by saying, <laughs> oh no, so here, oh no, here we go, all, here we go. For well, all is, you guys, you got to be used Steven, to this right now. Rob, yeah, uh, everybody, Terry, everybody that puts this all together uh, and keeps us rocking and rolling. Robert, our photographer, um, six years doing this. Many people said it wasn't going to make it one. Many people said it would never make it to two. Here we are six years. We've had our struggles, but we're going to continue. We're going to continue to push forward. We know what we're doing is right. We know what we're doing is uh, what people want. And now it's just a matter of uh, turning this into a real business. And that's what we're uh, intentions are uh, starting very shortly. So thank you guys both uh, for sticking in there and, and hanging with me and, and providing the content that you always do. Uh, listen, you know, um, it's a labor of love because we're not getting paid. So, right, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, that, that's well, for sure. you, well, let me take that back. You might be. I, I'm, I know I'm not. <laughs> let me check my bank account if I have anything in there. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Stephen. Take it away. What do you want to say? Give us your thank Okay, yeah. <laughs> no, I. you know, I'm just I'm, – I'm grateful – for you guys, obviously, and I, but I'm grateful just to have hockey back. You know, we did this last year, and we were in the still in the, the pandemic, and we didn't have a lot going on. There was some hockey stuff had resumed, of course, but it wasn't the level. But now we have a full uh, hockey plate of um, of NHL, AHL, NCAA, the ACHA, which has certainly been uh, in full blast, and and uh, and to have crowds back in buildings, to be able to go to things and and to talk to people in person instead of through a computer and Zoom and and using the raise hand function, I think I've heard that uh, that phrase. <laughs> if you want to ask a question, please use the raise hand function and wait to be called on. You know, like we're in school or something, waiting waiting to see if the teacher's going to call on us to, to ask a question. Uh, of course, I that happens. In, that happens in in person press conferences too, but it's a little bit it's a little bit uh, a little bit different. But and being close with the players and being able with with of course still being safe and having a mask at times and, and protecting them too. But um, you know, it's just being able to be uh, getting getting to know the players, uh, especially at the ACHA level where we get so close access and to be able to like, like what you were able to do in Chicago last, last week and Scott with the, with getting the UNLV players and, and the coaches and, and everything and, and being able to do that. And cause that's where we, what our, what we try to do, uh, at least what you've tried to do Scott for the last five or six years is get, do features on the players and the events and, and more and more than just covering like a, a game and the, the whole and the action, although that's part of it, but getting to just tell the stories of the players and, and the teams that are involved. And, and, and that's, and we weren't able to really do that during, during the heart of the COVID pandemic, but now we're able to start doing that again. And, and that's what we hope to continue to do more of as we go into 2022. All right, Paul, it's your, it's your uh, open mic. Uh, um, you know, listen, um, I just say be thankful for the small things, whatever they might be in your life. 
Um, don't take anybody or anything for granted because you're not promised anything. And, uh, you know, just make sure that you keep as positive an outlook as you possibly can. And, you know, it's just also remember that there are people that are probably not as lucky as you are. And sometimes just a pat on the back and a cup of coffee is, 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 is enough to make somebody's day, week, month, just because you showed a little compassion and that you cared. And, you know, don't be angry at what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do have. Wow. That, that couldn't have been said any better. Um, I oh, we need to put to that on a, need to put that on a magnet or something. That was some, that was some powerful stuff there. I also want to throw out the fact that, uh, I, I'm really thankful for the teams that we've encountered this year. Cause as, uh, as you both brought up, we've, uh, we've gone through a pandemic year and we didn't know what was going to happen. And, you know, I can speak for, for a lot of teams, I think that have opened their doors to us. Uh, certainly me when I've been there, um, Arizona state, Denver, air force, Colorado college, of course, all of the WCHL teams, um, anytime we can get there, uh, they seem to, to really open the doors for us and, and give us the access that we need to do the stories that we want to do. Um, I can only conclude it on one thing, folks. It's, uh, we cover the game to grow the game. That's what we're all about. We hope that you uh, enjoy the podcast, enjoy the website, and, of course, our Twitter feeds. Guys, a happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Uh, we know that uh, it, hockey continues as it's doing right now in Tempe. And, Paul, you want to give us a score update? Uh, Bemidji is winning 3-1, to one, end of two periods. Yikes. Okay, and I'll give you, you and I'll give you one for the NHL. The Golden Knights in action right now too, and they're up four to one in, in Nashville over the Predators in the third period. Okay, I got nothing to give you except uh, I got a headache. I want to go to bed. <laughs> uh, go hang out with your grandson and don't worry. Uh, yeah, else. he's already in bed. He beat me really? there. All right, he's, he's a sack of potatoes. He says because uh, his dad carries him around on his shoulder as a sack of potatoes, and the giggle is uh, infectious. So. There you go. Uh, very thankful for all of that. That's what really matters. So, uh, guys, thanks for uh, for jumping on. Stephen, take it away, and we'll say goodnight with Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. From the Summer Skate Studios, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly was brought to you by Boost Mobile. Whether it's a new phone for yourself or a child's first phone, go to boostmobile.com and click on Deals to find the phone that's right for you. Caesars Entertainment. Wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars resort across the U.S. or worldwide. UNLV Hockey, play ACHA D1 Hockey and Hockey Mad Las Vegas. Go to rebelhockey.com and see if the bright lights and championship mindset is for you. Jesse Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs. This is barbecue Las Vegas style. By Summer Skates, just because the summer is gone doesn't mean we like our drinks to be warm. Get your personalized koozies and more. By visiting the store page at icetimehockeysw.com. The University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, home of the two-time defending WCHL champions. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Visit mdriveformen.com and refine your prime with M-Drive. 
and by Behind the Mask, In the Net, Up the Ice, or In Line, serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. All right, very well done, my friend. We'll say goodnight and a happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Uh, happy American Thanksgiving. I better say that because the Canadian one happened last month, but happy American That's right, so the Canadians don't know what to do tomorrow because it's, it's American <laughs> well, Thanksgiving. Well, they know what to do. They know what to do. Trust me, the Canadians know what to do on American Thanksgiving. <laughs> they get, they're lucky. They get two Thanksgivings. They get yeah. to celebrate their Canadian Thanksgiving, and then if they're here in the States, they get to celebrate American Thanksgiving. Yeah, can't beat it. All right, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers Dinner. Good night, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.